All right, what's up, guys? Sunday night talks with the wife is uh, going down. Uh, I'm just turning on the live Facebook, so if you want to catch us on Facebook, you can. What's going on, guys? We are live on the podcast, uh, Not Your Average Pastor, and we are also live on Facebook. Um, and today, my wife and I are sharing with you guys a little bit about uh, a lot of topics. And so, I don't know exactly what happened to my camera, but it just went horrible. All right. We'll see what happens. So several things I want to talk to you guys about today. Let me see if this helps real quick. Let me see if this changes anything. It still looks bad. Still looks horrible. And I still sound like a maggot. <sighs> All right. So there's several things I want to talk to you guys about today. And the first things first is something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and for those of you guys that don't know, I am a cyclist. I do love riding my bike a lot. And I wanted to share with you guys today a little bit about um, something that's near and dear to my heart that became near and dear to my heart after I had a head-on collision with an 18-wheeler. Um, of course, you learn that life in a wheelchair is very difficult. You learn that life in a wheelchair is not as easy as you think it is, especially when you have to have somebody help you get in it, get out of it, and when you only have one arm. You actually can only push one wheel at a time when you only have one, one arm. That actually just makes you go around in circles. So uh, this week, uh, or as soon as I know that the link is available to sign up for this ride, uh, what is the SB250? The SB250 is a bike ride that goes on from the city of McAllen, Texas to the city of San Antonio, Texas. I will be participating in this ride, and I will probably be doing it only on ketone fuel, uh, but I'll share, with, share more about that later. But I'm doing this fundraiser, um, and I'm actually going to be challenging every single one of my associates that works with me, everybody that's a part of the company that I work with, um, for us to give the biggest donation that's ever been given in the history of the uh, Spina Bifida ride uh, from McAllen, Texas to San Antonio, Texas. And the reason why I want to do this is because I, I, uh, I know what it's like to be in a wheelchair. I know what it's like to struggle. Um, and this, this funds or these monies that are raised are actually given to people that um, cannot afford wheelchairs for their children. Um, actually, um, one of my friends who's a cyclist, his daughter is has spina bifida, actually two of my friends, one from Brownsville and one from McAllen. Uh, they have daughters that have spina bifida and it's something that we as a community rally around together and try to help out um, these people that are in this place. So Katie, you followed me twice or picked me up three times from the SB250. Tell me what you think about the ride Tell me what our daughters thought when we they got to wait for us at the finish line and what the ride really means. Well, getting to be the back part of it and seeing everybody, um, the parents rally together, it's pretty emotional because um, a lot of these kids, their parents could not afford a wheelchair or they were, um, they were just, you could tell that they were so grateful that some, somebody was doing something for their family. And I guess since we've been in that position before, uh, knowing that, you need the help from somebody else. A lot of us don't want to ask for help. I don't like to ask for help. But to know that somebody is, you know, I know biking, many people like to bike, but to bike 250 miles in 100 and something degree weather in the heat. I mean, I know you're crazy and I know a lot of other people are crazy and they do that kind of stuff. But um, I know that people are excited to see you guys riding. Our girls love to see you doing it. And I know you have to push yourself and we should push ourselves for other people and not, do I feel the need to drive or to bike 250 miles? No. But the, the excitement is there, and people are out there ready to, you know, you have some people that are out there just crazy, but you have people out there that really want to live for a cause. And I think so often, because a lot of us are so empty, 
or maybe people haven't found Christ or found their purpose in life. People are constantly looking for ways to be involved in things, which is great. You know, um, this is a cause to be involved in for sure. Um, whether you've been in a wheelchair or not, to help somebody that may have a challenge that you don't have. You know, we all have challenges. Some are harder than others, maybe. Or maybe some people have mental challenges and not physical challenges. So um, the girls love being a part of this, getting to put the medals on you guys after you've done the ride. They're so proud of you and the other guys that are biking. And they love to get to be a part of that. And um, it's important as a family for us to do that together. Maybe we don't bike it together. But getting to travel around or watch where you guys are going and, and see what's going on. This year we're going to get to participate and help make the sandwiches and things like that so that the girls get to be a part of the, of, of the other side of it. And getting to talk with the girls and the guys that are sitting there in their wheelchairs ready to put on the medals and to be able to, um, you know, thank the people that are doing something for them. Because so often, I know when your accident happened, there are people, hundreds of people that I still don't know that helped us, that I would love to thank. So it's really cool that these kids get to thank you guys and get to, you know, I know they're forever grateful. To me, one of the coolest things is that whenever we were rolling in, so we ride from <clears throat> McAllen, Texas. To San Antonio, Texas is 250 miles. And what happens is that day one, we do 140 miles. So we usually stop at a mile 100 for lunch. And it's really kind of like a rest point. And it's like, it's really the place right before the hills start. And the hills, with the hills comes the temperature. And really the last 40 miles of day one is where if you haven't been training or you don't have it inside of you, like honestly, it'll, it'll honestly will whoop your tail if you're not ready for it. Um, and it's no joke. I had people that have joined me several times that they did not train or did not prepare for it. And they were constantly getting in and out of the support vehicle. Um, but that's not the point to me. It's, it's, it's really like the fund, uh, raising the funds for, to buy wheelchairs with, for kids with spina bifida is something that's huge for me. Right. Um, and I push myself and I push myself past pain. I push myself past maybe physical or mental, mental limits that we put on ourselves but it's one of the things that we can we can use to to just like to encourage other people. And so with that being said, um, you know, we have something that's so, so powerful. Right. We get to share our voice. We get to share uh, our heart. We get to share um, a bike ride. Um, and it's and it really during the bike ride. I don't think that we really think about it till the very end when we're thinking about the kids that are going to be uh, if you if you've ever been a part of it or if you ever get to do it uh, or if you want to do it whenever you finish the 250 miles, the kids are there ready to put their the medals on you. And to me, it's one of the most coolest things to have kids that are in wheelchairs that you are helping get to come put a medal on you. And it's just, a, it's not even a, like you won. It's just a significance medal, like a, a, a token of appreciation for raising the funds. Um, and so <clears throat> I have several challenges for you guys, right? Because I want to tell you guys that I also welcome challenges uh, and challenges are fun. And there's several challenges that you can be a part of. But I'm, I'm challenging you guys to, to bike the 250 miles with me, right? Bike the 250 miles. It's the last week of June. It takes off from McAllen. And it goes to San Antonio. It's a two-day ride. You will need a road bike. You will need a helmet. You will need to train for this. What's up, Cecilia? How are you? So I'm, I'm challenging people to do the 250 miles with me. And if you can't do the 250 miles because you say that you're not strong enough, you don't have the conditioning, you don't know how to ride a bike, I'd love to teach you how to ride a bike. I'd love to train with you. And if you say, I still can't do it, that's okay. I would like to challenge you to donate to the GoFundMe that I'm about to start as soon as I register so that we can raise. I, I'm challenging you to help me raise the most amount of money that uh, Spina Bifida Texas has ever raised during an SB250 ride with the goal of giving more than we're taking, 
right? Of giving more to these children, giving more to the families that have kids with spina bifida. Because honestly, I've been in a wheelchair and honestly, it sucked. But here's what I'm going to tell you. There's people that have to live knowing that day after 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 day, they will be in a wheelchair. So I'm challenging you guys, right? As soon as I as soon as I get this up, of course, this is on the podcast. Uh, and if you need a link to to donating, uh, you'll be able to find it on my Facebook, which uh, there's people watching on Facebook and the podcast is being recorded also. So for those of you guys that are on the podcast, you can search up, search me up, Jeremy Valladares. Um, go ahead, Katie. Okay. So as you just said, with the battle of being in a wheelchair, of course, like I said, everybody has a battle. And um, the people that are in a wheelchair, the reason why his heart is so close is because he knows the difficulties. However, don't, I mean, I, I don't think that people want us to feel bad for them. I no. think that we should jump in and help help causes that are close to us and we should really help people because like I said, all of us have a battle and we have to fight it day in and day out and day in and day out. But it's nice for somebody to come alongside when we're having that battle and say, you know what? It's okay. You know what? I'm here to help you for a little while. And just to have the encouragement, all of us need it, whether we have a mental battle, which I can say I've had plenty of those, or whether we have a physical battle or we're, whether we're having an emotional or spiritual battle. We need people to come alongside us sometimes and just encourage us. So I think this is a huge part of encouraging. And maybe you have a cause that you are sold out for. It's rally up people. You know, we it's our job to impact people's lives. Definitely. And with that being stated, I just want to tell you guys that we are recording the podcast called Sunday Night Talk with the Wife, right? That's what the title is going to be. But uh, I do have a podcast up. For those of you guys that don't know, it's called Not Your Average Pastor, where I give advice as far as faith, business, uh, relationships, although we have marital issues, right, Katie? Um, and my wife still has a letter from her ex-boyfriend. No, honestly, we're just looking to be uh, cause an impact in, our, in the people around us, in the people around this life. And even though both of us are a little bit under the weather, I got like this head cold. I went from McAllen to a business meeting out of town to Mexico on a mission trip to back home and just all the weather changes have just messed me up. Austin, what's up, dude? Um, so here's what I wanted to tell you guys. So the podcast is up. It's called Not Your Average Pastor. There's a ton of topics you might want to check out. And in those things, I do want to share with you guys that it does take a certain amount of structure. And that's one of the things that my wife is a specialist in. So let me tell you, let her tell you about structure. I'm just going to sit here. Go ahead, Katie. So as a specialist, I think he means on the opposite spectrum of not creating <laughs> structure. Um, our life is very on the go. And um, we follow my husband around. So whatever he's doing, our schedule kind of goes around. Well, I realized that after six years of homeschooling, I have to create some structure because I realized that I'm not doing the, the things that I should do with my family, with the girls and teaching them. You know, yeah, they're learning and growing, but we're not being as productive in our day as we can. And so um, I continue to talk about it and continue to talk about how uh, I've got to change things. But you know what? Talking about change does not change anything. So um, I've, I've tried different things. I put the responsibility on the girls, but you know what? If I don't create structure, how do they ever understand how to do it? I know that our kids can live on the go. So I have a day at a glance. Now we're not, it's got hours and no, don't think I'm about to put hours and stuff down here. But to know that our kids know the responsibilities. Instead of me getting so frustrated with going, well, why haven't they done this? And why haven't they done that? And why ha well, have I taught them? And it's the same way for us. Have we set up disciplines for ourselves? As a Christian, as a pastor's wife, I'm about to throw myself under the bus here, but it's true. Um, I, I would read my Bible off and on. And I'm thinking, if I claim to be a Christian and I claim to be following God and I'm not reading my Bible and praying, what else am I during, doing during the day that matters more than that? And the answer is there's nothing. And so I had to come to some realizations saying, you know what, I've got to figure out something. So my sister-in-law, Lindsay, who's amazing, um, gave me the plan that she's reading by. And I really, really enjoy it. There's some other ladies that I'm reading um, 
a trustworthy Bible study with, and they're amaz- they're amazing. But I have to set up those safeguards, the same thing you guys have to set up your safeguards, or I have to set up people that are going to hold me accountable. And I know the people I don't want to tell, and I know the people that I do want to tell. And when I want to take it seriously, there's people that I definitely want to tell because I know that they're going to hold me accountable. And I know that they're going to ask me. Is one of those persons your husband? Um, yeah. But you're not very good at holding me accountable on structure because you're part of the reason why our stru- our day goes unstructured. Really? Yes. But that's okay because we homeschool for a purpose. And we homeschool that we can live life together. And I love the life that I have with you. So that's, that's <coughs> fine. Um, but I do know people that are saying, hey, how's that structure going? And um, it's important, but not just with structure. Like, what what do you struggle with? I know we all. I know my husband has no struggles, but um, he's he's my Superman. But I know all of us have something that we struggle with that we have to set up safeguards or we have to set up a system. And let me just throw something out there with marriage. You gotta set up safeguards and systems in your marriage. My husband jokes about the card from my ex boyfriend. It came in a, a. It's been in the top of my closet. The stuff my mom gave me years back. It's not like I've hold on. I've been putting it under my pillow or anything. It is, but whatever. So we have to set up safeguards, though. And so often in our relationships, we don't because we let people feed into us the wrong way, and we don't surround ourselves with the right people. And so um, sometimes we don't have anybody around us. But um, we've had to choose the safeguards in our marriage. And so the same way that I'm trying to create structure, and for our kids, we have to set up structure and safeguards in our marriage. That, and do you have any concerns of those that we do as safeguards um, in our marriage? Safeguards in our marriage, uh, ugh, I think, I think that one of the biggest things that that we try to do is we try to avoid the relationships um, of people that are just needing of us. So, like, I, we have some friends that are females, and it's great, and we're friends with them, and we're both friends with them. And we sometimes do things together because it, it involves our work or our, our church stuff or whatever it is that we got going on. But it, it's not a practice to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go hang out with this person just to go hang out with them because it's something that would or could lend itself to different uh, situations that are not always uh, beneficial to a marriage, to a relationship. Uh, spending time, a significant amount of time with a with somebody who's not your significant other is not the best recommended plan of action if you're trying to live a successful marriage or have a successful marriage, right? Going out is not even something that we do. Uh, I don't need a night out to go hang out with my my guys to go look at other women. I don't, I don't need that in my life. Uh, and you may say, man, that sounds boring. Yeah, look how many marriages are failing. When, when statistics tell you that more than 50% of marriages are failing, when you look at the fact that majority of the social and economic problems that we have are because family is ignored, um, I, I don't care. I, I'm, I want to be a father. I have three daughters. I want to be the example to my daughters of what a man should be and should do for his family and for his household. And so that's where we're at. And it all comes down to leadership. And I know my wife wants to jump in, but I'm not going to let her interrupt me because I am the man of the house. And yes, so okay. she has to learn. I'm just gonna go ahead, baby. Um, one of the statistics that I heard was that more people have a dog in their home than they have a father present. And I heard that just the other day and it was heartbreaking. Because I know that our girls have their dad. And I know, you know, sometimes people have no control at all. And I, I don't want anybody to think that we're putting anybody down or anything. I just, I hold it lucky that, like, our girls do have their dad. And so, um, but we keep these safeguards. I, I don't text with other men. I, you know, if they need something, sure. And it, you know what? Let me tell you an example, a real-life example. One of my real good friends messaged my wife the other day, and she said, I, I, I'm, 
I know we're good friends and we're friends with them and you're friends with them. And I wouldn't think anything of it, but I just don't want to text with another man just because it's not something I want to do like as an individual. And I'm, that's great. And I don't have temptations. Like I look at this beautiful brown skin right here. I don't have temptations. So let so. me tell you this much. My wife also said something to me the other day and it's not that I'm, I'm following people on Instagram that are like showing anything or everything. Right. But my wife asked me the other day, to do something. You want to share with that? Yeah. There was um, a girl that I asked him to unfollow on Instagram and I'm not a jealous person um, at all, but there were a lot of inappropriate pictures that this person posts and it's somebody that we know through business and that he met through different events. And um, I just thought that it was inappropriate and it was no problem. He said, sure, no problem. I, I'll unfollow. Um, you know, and husbands could have given a, I mean, maybe another guy would have given a, a difficult time about it, but he, it's no problem. The thing is we, I, I cherish him and I know he cherishes me and that's a big part of marriage. And so, um, and I'm not going to sit around and go, wow, why would she have like everything perfect to me? Oh, what if he saw her picture? I don't want any of those thoughts to come into my head. I don't want any of those thoughts to come into my heart because I have a marriage to protect. And it all comes down to leadership. Really? It, a, a lot of it, I heard a saying and, and it was about leadership and they said, if it's to be, it's up to me. Well, really, a lot of what we do, it comes down to our personal choices. Saludos, Chan. ¿Cómo andas? Sí, le voy a mandar saludos a la saquita. Really, if it's to be, it's up to me. Really, uh, my relationship has a lot to do with what I choose, what I choose to do, what I choose not to do. I know people that are in relationships that they're scared of their significant other or they're fearful or they're always having to hide something from their significant other. And the truth is that when you, when you understand that leadership comes down to the choices that we make, no matter what cards we're dealt or no matter what problems come our way, we have to choose to be happy. We have to choose joy, um, no matter what our situation is, no matter where we're at. Um, because honestly, the mind is a very, very powerful thing, even more powerful than we may even know or realize. And that's one of the things that I've been learning over some time. And the thing is that we have to learn to manage the voices that are in our head. Really, a lot of the voices that are in our head are are sometimes given to us by our society. They're sometimes given to us by ideals. Let me tell you about the difference in ideals and standards, right? Ideals is what somebody else pushes on you, right? Like, so today you may be watching this and you may be thinking like, man, Jeremy, like your wife has you on log, like she has you wrapped around your finger or whatever it is that the guys may want to try to talk or say to you to make you feel like less of a person. Alex, happy birthday, Alex. Um, uh, people may say like, oh, Jeremy, your wife has you on lock. You can't even follow anybody you want on Instagram. Like that's so sad or whatever, like, whatever you may want to think, right? if it's to be, it's up to me. Like I have to choose what I want for my life. Uh, what's up, Ralph Ramos. Uh, thank you, man. I really appreciate your words. Uh, if it's to me, it's up to me. Like I have to make a choice for my life. What do I, how do I want to lead my family? Right. Do I want my daughters to be able to know that, that their dad, uh, love their mother, that, uh, their dad would fight for their mother, that they need to, uh, marry somebody, date somebody, find somebody who's going to cherish them the way they need to be cherished. Um, and that's something that's significant. Like leadership comes down to who you are, not the cards you've been dealt. Maybe you didn't have that. Today I had a chance to talk to a friend and I said, look, you didn't have a father in your life, right? Do you want to leave your children without a father? Like what did you suffer because of it? And then really it's not the cards that we've been dealt. Like it's not, uh, what is the saying? Uh, I can't even think of the saying right now, but it's, it's, it's kind of like it's not – it's, oh, there you go. It's a Jim Rohn. It's not the blowing of the wind, but it's the setting of the sail. Like it's not about what happens to you. It's about how you're postured and set to, to receive things and set to act with things. And posture has to do with, um, and I'm not talking about your back. Like, are you sitting up straight? And posture has to do with 
Um, do you need somebody else's validation in order for you to believe what you believe? Like, I don't need your validation to believe that I should fight for my marriage and for my wife and for my children. I don't need you to approve of me working for my family and trying hard and being an example to them or to my church or to my friends or to whoever. I don't need somebody else's approval. That's somebody's ideals and ideals are pushed upon us by other people, mainly seeking something for them. But standards are what we set for ourselves. And so today, leadership has to do with setting your standards and managing the voices that are inside your head because you're going to hear a ton of voices and it's not literally voices. And if you hear voices, please go seek some professional help more than my wife and I can give you if you're hearing voices, right? But if I'm talking about the voices in your head to say like, you know what? No, don't stay there. Don't don't fight for your marriage. Don't fight for your children. Don't fight for this. Don't fight for that. And these Sunday night talks is like, you know what? We may be the only people that you'll hear in a week that want to give you positive influence and or affirmation towards your marriage, towards your family, towards your children to fight for these things because they matter. And maybe we're the only voice. I don't know, right? Maybe you didn't have the parents you wished for. Maybe you wish somebody was listening to this. If you wish somebody was listening to this or could hear this, feel free to tag them. Feel free to share the post. Feel free to share it with somebody that could use it. Um, One of the voices that could be that God just wants you to be happy. And that's not true. So often we hear, God just wants us to love everybody. God just wants, yeah, he does. God just wants me to be happy and prosperous. That's a lie. I'm sorry, that's a lie. Um, We serve a mighty God who, yes, he blesses us on a daily basis. But God's ultimate goal is not for us to be happy. Um, There are times when we need the rug pulled out from underneath us and we flat on our face to where we have nowhere to look but up. And so sometimes that's where we have to be. And we might have to have storm after storm after storm after storm after storm for us to understand and be shaped into people that God wants us to be. So managing the voices can be a positive or a negative thing. If I think God just wants me to be happy, then I'm going to look at the world as everybody should do everything that I need them to do. Oh, God's doing this for me. No, there are doors that get slammed in our face for a reason. And no matter how hard we try to open them, they're not going to open because God sealed the door shut. And so um, I, I've had a lot of issues with managing the voices. And this past year, I've grown a lot. And I really am grateful to my husband. Yes, ask, ask Job. <laughs> exactly. If you don't know about trials and, and things like that, look in the book of Job. Um, but I've had a lot of, of practice at managing these voices. And I've spent a lot of time at the altar, to be honest with you. Um, I ask God to take a lot of my thoughts captive because they're not productive thoughts. They're not of God. The fear um, questioning whether or not I matter or have significance in this world. God created us for purpose. And so managing these voices um, is something that I'm having to teach our kids how to do. Just because you feel you don't matter, that that's not true. It's just, not true. Just and really, and, and your situation, like the current situation, is not necessarily reality. And a lot of us can drown in that storm of where I'm at currently. Um, not knowing that what's right around the corner, like those, those Facebook memes or Instagram memes are like of a guy digging for diamonds and he quits like one centimeter before he hits them. And it's like the biggest load he's ever seen. Like that's life. It honestly is. And like, if, if you can honestly just put yourself in a place where you can see the fact that nothing lasts forever, no problem lasts forever. Uh, nothing is finite except for death, right? Like once you're dead, you're dead. Right. But if you're alive and you have breath in your lungs, you're here to fight another day. And so, so 
challenging you to to have your own leadership or to be your your biggest leader is something that I'd like to do, right? To manage those voices. It's not the blowing of the wind. It's the set of the sail. It's not other people's ideals for you. It's the standards that you set. Ideals are pushed on you. And don't let the things that somebody else pushes on you be what dictates the joy or the happiness you have in your life. The standards are what you set for yourself. Really, uh, I talked with my church today. We had a little meeting and I talked to my family, right? And it was able, I was able to tell them, like, look, I really don't care outside of this circle of people, like what somebody may think about what I'm doing to try to further different things in my life, about where we're at, about how happy I, I am or how happy uh, my family is or my wife or the things we have going on. Look, I heard a quote the other day, and it wasn't from my mentor. It wasn't from anybody special. Katie likes that saying, right? It's then the quote is this: "He who can find their why, who he who can find the reason why they're fighting daily, can bear their how. And if you know why you're fighting, you'll be able to find a, a way how to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. Today, I'll tell you this much: I am not where I want to be at, but I'm not who I was. I'm not who I'm gonna be." And I'm not who I'm going to be tomorrow. I'm not going to who I'm not who I'm going to be. Not not who I was yesterday. Uh, I'm constantly growing. And the thing is, if you are not constantly growing, then we're we're dying. Um, and here's what I want you to understand: if you can find your why or why you want to do something, then you can bear your how. And that's something that challenges me to say I need to do more. I need to go more. I need to find. Uh, I need to find what pushes me, what motivates me so I can keep fighting another day. And a lot of that is what we feed ourselves. And so if you're, what you're listening to matters, if you're in a toxic place and all you hear are negative things, that's going to, that's going to affect everything about you. You know, there, there's only certain examples <coughs> because, you know, maybe at work you have no control of your circle or things like that, but whatever circles you have control over, take that because that I don't let my kids call each other names. I know it sounds silly, but today I heard some kid at the park yelling, you're a freaking psycho. You're a freaking psychotic. That's what he was yelling. This young, he's probably eight at the boy next to him. And he yelled it over and over and over. Freaking psychotic. Where's he hearing that? Like, that's what he kept yelling to the kid next to him. You know, our, our kids like to say moron. Okay. Yes. We make a joke about it. One says more and one says on. Okay. But in reality, should we call people names? I told him, look, if you're going to say anything, it needs to be lifting them up. Because the majority of things we hear every single day, whether you believe it or not, are negative. And it's going to be very few positive things we're ever going to hear. And so if we are not the ones that are lifting people up and encouraging them and pushing them, nobody's going to do it. Because really to say, oh, I'm going to come out of my way, I'm going to step out of my way to encourage someone, that's not a practice in today's society very often. Because we're so focused on our phones, so focused on our life, us getting ahead, us doing this, that we forget that there are people around us. Sorry, I was saying hi to Buddy. Really? Buddy's jumped on. We get so focused on our life and what we're doing, we forget that we have these gifts that we're supposed to invest in other people. And our words are so can be invaluable. They can crush people and they can build people up. You know, I'd rather be hit, slapped on the face <coughs> than have somebody tell me something that cuts right into my heart. That's my slaps me. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, really? I, I, it, it, those cuts hurt. And we don't forget those words sometimes. And so those. I'm paying attention to you. So those, It matters what we say. And so I'm correcting my girls all the time. The same times I've got to correct myself. Is my tongue being used right? Is it setting fires or is it helping put things out or is it honoring God? And otherwise we've got to keep that 
keep it closed. And so managing the voices is not just the internal voices, the external voices, but it's our voice. And so wrapping this up, because we don't want to take too much of your time. I love you too, baby. Do you feel I interrupted you? Nope. What's up, buddy? Um, To to kind of wrap this up, um, why do we do this? Why have we been doing this now for almost two and a half months? Why did I add this to the podcast? Really, there's some, there's a bunch of our friends that are on social media that we are trying to be an influence on, right? Not, not for anything. I don't know if you, you've seen this, but we're not going for an ask in something. I will ask you to sponsor an SB250 ride, not to sponsor like so that I get something for us to give so we can buy wheelchairs. I will challenge you to, to listen to my podcast if you want to, right? If you don't, don't worry about it. To be honest, it's really good. I will try to give you some structure, which I try to teach in my home. I will try to ask you to to be a leader to yourself. Like he's a great leader. You're, you'll sometimes have to find that you are the only person you can depend on. It's okay. Manage the voices inside of your head, own up to it, and just handle it. Like what else is there to do, right? And welcome the challenges. So my wife and I go ahead, Katie. Speaking of the voices in our head, sometimes we just have to confront things. I was talking to a man yesterday and he wrote a book, Be Still, Little Tree, Be Still. And he was talking about facing things in the stillness. And so things are so busy so often that we don't have the stillness time to really face what is going on in life. We think, oh, I can fill it with things. I can push it to the side. One day I'll deal with it. But you know what? If we face it head on, it's not so fearful anymore. And it's not really as big as we thought it was. It's the truth. Let me uh, let me close up the podcast um, because I want to just wrap this up real quick on the Facebook also. But um, Sunday Night Talks with the Wife, it's really about just sharing a little bit of what we have going on inside of our home what we're working on, what we're working with, who we're uh, currently working with in like daily life. Uh, we want to be a, a, a blessing to people's life. So Sunday Night Talks with the Wife is really just about family, about uh, just about the home. If we can do anything for you guys, of course, those of you guys watching on Facebook, you already know this, but if you're on the podcast, Jeremy Valladares on Facebook, you can follow me. I am Jeremy Valladares on Instagram. If we can do anything for you guys, please feel free to shoot us 